This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. I am reluctant to give parenting advice, even though I'm one of the top ten dads on earth. Can I say, and this is this is not to turn this podcast into a compliments podcast, which sometimes it is. Yes. That's kind of the nature of our friendship. And And it's good that it is as well. Yeah, and especially like two males who were brought up in pretty traditional households to feel like we can tell each other we love them and tell each other what we appreciate about them, I think is good and I think it's healthy. But I don't want that to be always the podcast. I appreciate you rolling out the red carpet, Jack, for this anecdote. You know, it's good. Well, no. Well, I just want to say before you before you continue with this intro that you had kids before I had a child mm-hmm. and you are absolutely my number one parenting inspiration. In fact, a lot of the things we do with Golden Child and I do with Golden Child are literally just like straight rips of, you know, a peach original. So... It is no lie when you say top 10 dads. In my world, you're number one. Oh, well, really? I mean, my dad, but then there's, <laughs> but then there's Peach. I was going to say, look, probably Southern Hemisphere, I, I guess. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll take. But like a real firm tip and firm practical bit of advice is um, of getting children out of bed. It used to be the instrumental of Anti Up by um, uh, MOP. Dun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but these days, it's you go on YouTube and you find Gorilla Radio clean. And so you come into like the bedroom with the sleeping kids make do do Wait, so it's clean. So it's like lights out, Gorilla Radio, turn that up. Yeah, turn that up. But like, and then the most reluctant sort of preteen ones, like you do, like, it has to start somewhere. It has to start somehow. What better place than here? What better time than now? It makes parenting fun, Jack. Like, it's always fun, but Jiminy Cricket doing it to a Rage Against the Machine soundtrack. As you said, they bottled lightning, and we are all the better for it. Now, that is the fun start bit. Let's get into the admin of the podcast. Shag, I've been listening to Evil Agency one ep on repeat, and... This is a bit of a relevant evil agency spooko crossover, right? I was like, Shag's running a bit late. Like, we're busy, but I was like, great, I'm going to do some research. So I was like, hmm, let's see if there's a horror formula. So I went onto a number of websites, and one of the responses um, to my Googling is from The Evening Standard, which is sort of a shit newspaper out of London. And the mathematical model they set out for the perfect horror film has elements of realism, gore, suspense that combine to make a blood-curdling scary movie. Uh, and then they say, register for free to continue reading. And I was like, well, this is just the sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> that evil agency would advise me against. And I was like, well, no, Shag's a bit delayed. You know, like he's, he's a busy man. He's doing busy stuff. I might just do this. So in I go. 
first name, surname, make up the fucking the password that I know is the password to shit I don't care about, email address, and then there's this opt-in, opt-out, do you want promotional shit to be sent? And basically, in order to get the um, access, I needed to tick the thing that says, yes, I'd like some promotional shit. So, Shag, the work I did for Spooko this week was get as far as I could on that before I was going to be sent emails I didn't want to receive, then I opted out. So the next thing I did was go to an AI-guided horror film plot generator. Oh, that's fun. And I thought what you might enjoy is me taking you on a quick synopsis of The Curse of the Enchanted Reshes Cam. <laughs> I don't know if that piques your interest. Oh, I'm pretty scared already because <laughs> you've taken something that we all love, which is a can of rashes, and you've made it haunted and not delicious. Yeah. So look out, it's pretty enchanted down here. Now. Um, Actually, yeah, it's not even haunted, it's just enchanted. <laughs> well, uh, like they ask you to insert a number of adjectives and a number of objects into your plot generator. Okay. And look, yeah. I'm not sure how AI assisted it is. I think it's just a fucking template. So then the bloop hit the <laughs> wee on the... I don't know if you remember ever as a child getting like those books that were like the Ghostbusters and it was like the Ghostbusters came and said, Tom McMullen, will you join our adventures, Tom McMullen? We've already got two of your friends here, Greg and Peach, who have already joined the Ghostbusters. <laughs> and there's a ghost in Epping that we've got to go and find. <laughs> and it's very much, it's very much like that. So Look, I'll just give you a taste. Of that. All right, give us a little taste of a Peach the original. Of the Enchanted Rush's Can. It's a, it's a collaborative joint between Peach and www.plot-generator.org.uk. For, I don't like the first word already. Uh, whilst, investig- <laughs> <laughs> whilst investigating the death of a local podcaster, a sophisticated, handsome, generous lawyer called John Poich uncovers a legend about a supernaturally cursed enchanted Resh's can circulating throughout FBI studios. As soon as anyone uses the Resh's can, he or she has exactly 76 days left to live. <laughs> That's so long, you forget. <laughs> it's the longest <laughs> sentence. Whilst... But also, real, real, real mm. talk. If you were like, you've got 76 days to live, at some point along that way, you'd forget that you were running out of time. Oh, shit, 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 shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's always seven days. You can't give it on 76 days. Like, and even an interesting just thought thought exercise is 76 days left to live is how much work do you do, right? So if it's seven days left, you're like, fuck off, never doing my work again, I'm out of here. If it's like 76, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't leave everyone in the shit. <laughs> you, know? you would probably give yourself seven days at the end. You'd be like, look, okay, I'll work for 69 days. So let's, nice. Yeah, let's work back. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and then I'll have seven days at the end to, you know, tie up my affairs. And It would be interesting, wouldn't it? You, like, Because that's just an absurdly long amount of time. Oh, my God, Peach. Question. I've never thought about this. Do lawyers do their own wills? Do you, like, do your own will? You know, I was intestate. I actually told this story on an early spooker back when you didn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do remember this. I remember this because you thought you were going to die and you started doing your own will in your head while you were in the ambulance. No, I was doing it in my iPhone. And so I was, like, pinging around to everyone to be like, 
everyone section eight of the succession act uh alice is the executor everything dallas pretty sure that's all i need can you hit me back asap <laughs> imagine getting that message out of the blue you'd be like ah butch that was good i sent it with a photo of like they do like brain testing and they like attached because they're like have you got um brain poisoning or whatever i'm not i'm not a doctor <laughs> i think it does test if you've got brain poisoning um we have strayed extremely yeah. far from the plot of the film that we're not even covering today on the podcast. So what, t- is there anything interesting you want to tell us more about the curse of the enchanted precious can that once you drink from it, you've got 76 days to live? Well, there's a certain character named Alastair Shag who pops in a little <laughs> later during the plot. And he willingly accepts the curse and marches on to an uncertain end of his art. So Essentially, Shag, you're the hero of the story, despite me being Ooh. handsome, generous, and endearing. So the, the film is literally Ring or Ringu, and you've just changed a few words and added our names in there. Uh, it's about 150 words, though, including <laughs> whilst. And um, there are elements where your toes get dog-like properties, and it's like I think I might have entered some incorrect. <laughs> I might have misread some of these. Anyway, all right. the person who's marked by the curse feels like an effervescent dog to the touch, and it's like, ah, oh. they probably should have given me some firmer guidelines on what sort of adjective they wanted and what sort of animal they wanted because it just doesn't quite work for me. But it was still good fun nonetheless. I think plotgenerator.org.uk and I've got a big future. Very much a key and peel type type collab coming up. Well, today's film is very much like what would happen if you went to one of these AI generators and you were like, I want a Predator movie, but I want it set in the past with an Indigenous crew who have to use their wiles and cunning to outsmart a futuristic hunter from outer space. Today, Very sophisticated, handsome, and generous. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're doing prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. There's something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? Whatever did this, I can kill it. Gosh, like I don't know what this says about me. But I've never been less excited or more bored by a movie premise <laughs> than that. <laughs> Couldn't care less about whether any of those characters lives or dies. Fuck, that looks super boring. Shag, I hope this was not too much of a drag. You know what? I actually love this film. I think there's a question of whether the Predator films are horror or horror adjacent. And I think why I think they are absolutely horror is for a few reasons. Number one, I think... Alien films are often unfairly 
called science fiction rather than horror. And more and more directors like Jordan Peele with Nope are trying to change that and be like, no, aliens can be fucking scary. Are and we doing spoilers for Nope? Isn't Nope one I'm going to watch? Or are we getting you and I? Yeah, we are, but I'm not giving you any spoilers to Nope yeah, about aliens. It's, that's in the trailer. Should we do diaries after this? Like, do people know I'm going to go watch a horror movie? Oh, we should. We Yeah, we should sort that out. Let's so do that. Like, it. that's going to happen. It's Jack, should we not do that? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but so the predator films number two they always have those two elements that you talked about before about what makes a great horror film they are always suspenseful they're always gory so they have both of those factors but number three and again something we've talked about in this podcast you are rooting for the bad guy in the same way that yes. you want to see the sort of kills freddie does you want to see Jason slaughter a bunch of camp counselors. Like, you, you don't want to, but you want to. Do you know what I mean? It's like you want to see how the predator is going to kill people. Also, the formula on paper is very traditional slasher, like slasher in the very direct sense of like one by one picking off your main characters and then leaving a sort of final girl-esque type, type challenger to either survive or not survive at the end. It, like the structure of the plot is very like late 70s, early 80s slasher to me. So... With some what? laser guns and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why, like, I loved this film. And one of the reasons why I love this film is because I found it, like, quite refreshing. And it's for this reason. Now, at the, at the start of this pod, you, you showed your love of scholarship by the fact that when you had some time to kill... You went investigating. You did some research, right? Mm. You have a background of research. You know, you went to uni, obviously, to do law. But before that, you did history. Mm. You were a history major at the university you went to. Yes. And you've before told me that all history is made up and doesn't exist. That's actually feeling. I, I know where we're going. Yeah, okay. I'm like, yes, all right. Shane, this is a good cross-examination. This no, is very no. good. I'm like, mm -hmm, that's right. No, 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 I'm not. I just always thought that was a funny call. But something I've realized, I grew up in the 90s in Australia. Mm. Uh, the history I remember learning in school, and I didn't do history in university, but the history I remember learning in school was all about white people. Like all of our history is like, here's what some white people, and even if you go back far, you know, you go into the Renaissance or before, it's always, what were the white people doing at that time? Is that kind of true of Western history? Absolutely, hugely, until like at least the like 1960s, 70s, and then mainstream at least until... 2000s, 2010s, um, in, sorry, in schools, like this was the sort of um, white blindfold, black armbands. You, you might remember John John Howard getting involved in the culture wars and that guy Keith Windshuttle. Have I ever told you my Keith Windshuttle story? You have, yes. It's go um, back, go back to the, through the spookos. It is in this, I think. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> mate, oh, Shag, I love that you're a bigger spooko fan than me. This one. Okay, I finally became go. a fan of the book. It took almost 150 it's episodes. Great. It's a really good podcast. I'm coming around to it. There's something about this podcast. I don't know what it is. But These hosts are so endearing. Um, <laughs> but, but like, you're right. It's like the big white men of history is sort of one sort of loose way of talking about how history used to be viewed. And so revisionist histories will take a feminist approach or take a post-colonial approach or try to really engage with what not only the old white man primary sources tell us, but what more we can learn from other primary and secondary sources and how we can interrogate even the reliability of those sources and what they have to tell us. This so, is the strength of Dark Emu, right? The Bruce right. Pascoe book. 
which I, which you which you should absolutely research. Oh, you yeah, are not from Australia. It's incredibly interesting. But so I guess hmm. why I found this film so refreshing hmm. and why you're going to feel pretty bad now that you've said it looks pretty boring. Shall I just go on paper right now and be like, it looks shit. <laughs> why, <laughs> I'll no, put but, it on wax. But honestly, why I loved it is the fact that this film tries to be from the perspective of a Comanche tribe in the 17th century, maybe the 16th century, of, of what we now call the United States of America which is such an interesting perspective to see. And, and like not only from their perspective to the point where, and this is something I was watching it with Adele, and she made this point where they, they speak in English in the film, but, it, but at a point there are French invaders or voyagers who enter the fray and they speak in French. And so the, the norm in this film is the Comanche experience. And it's so refreshing to see a film try to do that in just a normal, natural way, but a film in a franchise like Predator. So the politics, I applaud. Oh, like, I don't have any difficulty <laughs> with that. But I'm sort of like, these made-up people are from 500 years ago, and I don't give a shit. And if they only, like, if one Predator only just beats Arnie, no, or loses to Arnie or whatever, I'm like, oh, so vastly less equipped, worse soldiers <laughs> are going up against the same threats. I'm like, either they succeed, and so that undermines my earlier Predator experience, so it makes me feel like, well, fuck, why did I watch the first one? Or they fail, and it's like, yeah, well, of course they were going to fucking fail. Like, for me, there's no plot engine, plot device that's going to get me to give a shit about this. Or it's a worse predator. It's like, what would happen if a worse predator came? <laughs> a less competent predator. I'm like, I also don't care about that. Oh my god, they actually do that because this predator, oh. I guess, because predators evolved with us, so it doesn't have the full-on crazy suit, and it doesn't have laser beams. It shoots sort of arrowy sort of things, oh. and it's not wearing a suit. It's just wearing a sort of lo- like, but an alien loincloth. Well, fuck, so it's like, what if it, like, what if there was a more boring version of the universe you've already experienced? I just, I can't, I can't get, a, I can't get around that conceptually. I accept, look, I'm always wrong on this, but just on paper, I can't get around. Well, it's always good to go into a plot synopsis with you having already made your mind up. Makes my job really easy. This film, oh, you know what's another really interesting thing though? Like, it's like mm. they really did their homework, and there is a version of this film. That mm. is entirely in Comanche in the Comanche language. That is sick. So, so there's that two versions of the film. Sick. But I think they made the right choice because if this is going to be viewed by a predominantly like English-speaking audience, mm. to to properly immerse yourself in the experience, like, and I'm not saying it's for us, like God, this is a tough thing. But mm. if the point of it is to make it feel like this is the normal experience rather than you're mm. watching an other, you know, yes, people do something. Uh, like I don't know. Another, you, yeah, you no, no, I understand. Point. I guess but, the element is, um, the, like, your subtitle question, right? That, like, that's the angst that would have gone through. Like, oh, in fact, like, I think the quote, quote, best outcome would be to be like, this is a fucking Comanche film. So you'll be hearing that language. And if you need to translate it, great. There'll be some nice words across the bottom. You've seen films from other countries before. You'll be able to fucking have. But, but here's the thing. Here's where it gets really fucking interesting. So I told you before, French voyagers show up and the voyagers I've only just discovered from my very quick Wikipedia were part of like the fur trade around this time. And they traveled via canoes 
I think their port of call was like Louisiana slash New Orleans, where I think to this day people still speak French or there's French parlance around. Mm. When they show up, there are no subtitles for their French. So if you don't that's speak fun. French... So they feel like the aliens, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. So that's, they, that's cool. You're just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I actually think in terms of an, an interesting choice, it's very clever. Especially for a generation who now relies on the musical Hamilton for its American history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? So anyway, so in seventeen, ironically, they did come from afar just to say bonsoir. So that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Hamilton joke? <laughs> oh, God, I hate Hamilton so much, but it's so like... It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Like the children, like we just like, oh, God, yeah. So in seventeen ninety, that's clipping, right? Clipping, <laughs> clipping plays Lafayette. He's amazing. He's a great. Anyway, yeah. in seventeen nineteen, in the Great Plains, Nauru, a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother Tay. While tracking deer with her dog Sari, she witnesses an anomaly in the sky, which she likens to the Thunderbird, which is actually a predator spacecraft. There is. One of the coolest shots I've seen in forever in this film, where as she's, you know, practicing a hunt, she walks into a clearing and she sees this like anomaly in the sky. And I'm pretty sure you saw it in the trailer. And then the camera pans up above the anomaly to the prey symbol just hanging in the sky. Oh, God. It's just like, it gives me shivers even just thinking about it. Anyway. So who is the prey? Well, I mean, that's the other thing about this name, right? Like, Apart from the setting and the very clear points it's making about history and the way history is told, the same, it's the same beats of a predator story. Like every predator story could have been called Prey. So I'm kind of like, why is this one called Prey? Like I it's a little like annoying. For the first time, the predator is Prey in this one quite explicitly. It's like we are hunters and we're going to hunt this thing. That happens in all of them. They're like, we're going to, oh, yeah, I'll hunt you first. But it's like, oh, we're not good enough hunters because he's a better hunter. But it's also that thing where it's like, if you want to be smart with titles, th- th- there's a reason sequels exist with numbers because numbers keep going forever. So you can keep yeah, it's funny, it right, that someone's like, do not use numbers. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, anything with numbers. And so they've done, they've done Predator 1 and 2 and then they're like, we can't do any more. So we've, we've done The Predator and we've done Predators. Yeah. And you can imagine everybody like it's that oh, classic where everybody fuck. around the table throwing like scrunched up pieces of paper like they're basketballs. <laughs> and then someone's like, motherfucker. And they're like, what? And it's like, we're, we're doing a movie about predators. And everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, but what do predators hunt? And they're like, oh, animals and stuff. No, no. <laughs> what do <are> predators <laughs> hunt? <laughs> Picture this. You've seen an anomaly, right? <laughs> Camera pans up in the sky. <laughs> Predator 4. It's back in the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. There's something about this episode where we just can't stay on track. And it's we both in funny moods. Predator 4, it's back in the past, is my favourite. The thing is, this isn't even Predator 4, this is like Predator 5. Oh, shit. <laughs> a different anyway. timeline. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Oh, different the timeline. Adrian Brody one was like a one-shot. That doesn't count. Different timelines is the new one that was all a dream. It's like, no, it was just a, it was a multiverse. 
I must say, I, I don't want to get distracted on the Marvel films, but I do like that they're like, oh, all the older Spider-Mans actually are part of our thing. I feel like that's quite a generous and exciting thing that it's not like, oh, fuck those older Spider-Mans. It's like, no, no, that's all part of it too. Okay, back to this film, right? Okay, Which one? So- is this Predator 1? <laughs> <What are> we- <laughs> back to Predator 4. Back, 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 back in the day. It's gone back in the past. <laughs> back in the past. <laughs> all right, okay. So Nauru is a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, but she wants to be a hunter. Her brother Tabe is like, the shit hot hunter in the tribe. Mm. And he, you know, he wants to help her, but he's also a bit like, you should know your place. Yeah. She sees this anomaly in the sky, likes it to the Thunderbird, and is like, that's a sign. I need to go prove myself. Tabe agrees to bring her to join a search party for a cougar that attacked one of the tribe's hunters, but only so she can provide medical treatment if they find the hunter alive. So he's he finds like a good reason to bring her along. So the rest of the hunters are like, cool, mm. she can come along, but also secretly. I, like, I do, I do listen. I know about this one. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> like I heard, I listen. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But sorry, so, but that's also I appreciate it as well. So I'm, yeah, so, just think, yeah. thank you. Well, because I also know as a lawyer, you like a good sidebar. You explained it well the first time, and you explained it well the second time. <laughs> Both of them very good. <laughs> so they they eventually. <laughs> They I don't actually, really know what the sidebar is. Uh, it's, I only know it from the TV shows Evil, The Good Fight, and The Good Wife. Um, uh, they're, I mean, they make me want to become a lawyer. And I would be Have you seen Suits before? It's really funny. <laughs> I've seen lots of them. I, could you imagine me as a lawyer? I'd be so emotional in the courtroom. Yeah, you'd be like, uh, you fuck. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you actually would be like, what are we doing? Here? Be like, Judge, are you kidding? <laughs> All right, so they find the wounded hunter mm. who was injured by the cougar and depart, though Tabe stays behind. Was he behind. injured by the cougar? Well. Or were they gaslighting him to like, poof, that cougar injured you pretty badly, and he's like, oh, I don't really know what it was. Well, the thing is, they find this, they find this hunter who's been injured by the cougar, mm. and everyone's like, cool, we found him. Let's go take him home. Tabe, you go find the cougar. And Nauru's like, well, why the fuck would a cougar leave him to die and not eat him why would the cougar wound him not mortally mm. just wound him and then just leave something clearly scared him off and oh shut page, up it's yeah, basically, it really was a cougar because that's the thing at the end of the day it's a historical document about a comanche tribe it's a predator film and it's legally blocked <laughs> like, do you know what i mean it's 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 those three things together yes amazing and it's like yeah, yeah like we love you naru but you're a healer like but good on you for your healing yeah. yeah good on you don't try to be a hunter Look, because the fact you want to be a hunter means you'll be a great healer one day <laughs> it's really great you'll hunt out great yes. remedies to people you'll hunt out some great healing you're really <laughs> All right, so <laughs> but it's legally blocked. <laughs> so on their way back, Nauru finds unusual tracks and a meticulously skinned rattlesnake. If you remember from the other Predator films, the Predators like to get trophies, and often that involves taking skins, taking scalps, or taking the head and the spinal cord. Mm-hmm. That's his that's his whole thing. So she finds this like skinned rattlesnake and she's like, Well, what the fuck? Like Nothing we know skins rattlesnakes. So Nauru circles back with one of the other hunters, Paik, and finds Tape. Together they set a trap for the cougar, but it kills Paik. There's also a really great scene at the start where you're like, you, you're kind of lulled to believe a cougar's not that bad. 
this cougar is fucking vicious and kills one of them immediately and is like, you know, clawing up the the, the, the Oh, they half climb and shit. Yeah, that's yeah, so like, scary. Well, that's the thing. They're hiding in a tree and you're like, mm. well, she's safe. And this thing is like climbing a tree, ferocious, fast, like just ready to just destroy her. Now, Naru wounds the cat but falls and strikes her head after being distracted by a burst of light in the distance. Tabe carries yeah, interesting? Tabe carries her home and and returns to kill the weakened cougar, earning him title of war chief. But convinced of a greater threat, Nauru departs with Sari. Now, what I think is cool about this is they give Nauru a really good arc. Where at the start she's like, "I'm going to be a great hunter," but she's actually not a great hunter at the start, and she kind of fucks up a bit. Like it's cool that from the beginning she's not amazing. Oh, so it's not like, oh, you're keeping you're keeping a great yeah. hunter down. It's, it's like, no, it's like I have this ambition, and it's like, well, you're not allowed to have that ambition. Mm. Likely to be blunt. What would you call a sequel to Legally Blunt? So, all right. So convinced of a greater threat, Nauru departs with her dog Sari. They come across, so first of all, they come across a herd of skinned bison. Mm. Um, later, she's attacked by a grizzly bear. And you see this in the trailer where she's almost killed by the grizzly bear, but then something kills the grizzly bear. And we see it's the predator. Now, before it, now the grizzly bears also, like, also, like, fuck, they look like killing machines. They have a good fight. And remember, this predator is substantially worse than the other predators we've seen in other films. So has to put up a good fight. Like, can't just kill this thing straight away. It gives Nauru some time to escape before she runs into a group of Comanche sent to find her. While they're taking her back, the creature ambushes and kills them in combat. When Nauru is caught in a foothold trap, the predator leaves as she is no longer a threat. So a lot of things happen. Basically, there's some really good gory deaths where this group of hunters uh, like, bring her back. Don't listen to her about, like, a monster being out there. Shut and up, Nuru. Basically. Just a cougar. Until they're all, like, sliced in half and gutted and beheaded and all sorts of things. She manages to run away, but then she gets caught in, like, a bear trap and not something that the predator would use or something that the Comanche would use. The predator finds her. The predator is standing over her, but basically wanders away because he's like, well, I don't, I'm a predator. I don't. I don't just kill unarmed things. It's funny, right? I feel like they confuse predator and hunter conceptually. Because a predator, it you should have been prey. called hunter. But I mean, yeah. predator is a scarier title than hunter. Hunter's, yeah. Hunter is literally the name of a doctor who I see sometimes. <laughs> like, that's not a scary title. Predator. In that meeting with everyone scrunching up bits of paper for the title of this film, they're like, fuck, this is like, like pre, I feel like pre dates. They could be like, yeah, fucking, this is. Uh, the, this is the pre-date. Like, can we get can we get pre-date in there? Or maybe the boss is saying, "Can we just get pre-date in there somehow?" Anyway, you guys keep keep, yeah, keep brainstorming. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to a meeting. There's my two cents. Pre-date. Yeah. Let me know how pre-date is going, and we'll just check things back to make sure you've uh, you just added a bit of pep to our pre-date. Now, at this point, while she's stuck in this trap, she's cornered by some French voyagers, and we we soon find out that not only have they laid traps, they're also responsible for skinning the bison. Because you remember when people then came to what we now know as the United States of America, they weren't using all the parts of the bison. They just, you know, took the, the, the horns or the skin or whatever and then left the rest. So, again, like a really nice, a, a really nice rug pull that is also making a 
quite interesting point about history. So anyway, so they find Nauru and they cage her. Oh, um, sucks, sucks. Their translator, Raphael Adelini, questions Nauru about the predator. When she refuses to talk, the lead voyager reveals that he has captured her brother Tabe and tortures him with a knife before using the siblings as tied bait for the predator. The creature obviously comes across this and then kills everybody waiting for them. There's a really great scene where the predator just slices through all these French invaders who we are set up to be like, fuck these guys. I want all of them to die. And they do, and in the most inventive, awful ways. The creature kills most of them while Tabe and Nauru escape. Nauru rescues Sari from the camp and stumbles across a dying Raphael who teaches her how to use his flintlock pistol in exchange for medical treatment. Nauru gives him herbs that reduce his body heat to staunch the bleeding. When the predator arrives, Raphael plays dead and Nauru realizes that the creature cannot see him because she's lowered his body temperature. Mm. Raphael is killed. Can herbs do that? Like, so I'm, uh... <laughs> well, no, I mean, I guess the thing is, it's like the point is, it's like I, I, I would think they did their homework. And look, I don't know how much they would do, but I would have faith in a film that recorded a whole soundtrack in the Comanche language that they probably tried to use authentic medicine from the time. I would, I would think. I've got nothing. I've got no response to that other than fucking. I would be like, well, man, we did the Comanche language thing. Just give us the. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna get another beer. I'm having the best time. Shane, like, I'm back to drinking during this podcast. Why did I ever stop? I must say, it makes the funnest. And I've realised it's probably because your boy, father of the year, father of the year over here has left the children in a house down the street while he has fun with his friend recording a podcast. <laughs> All right, so, mm. so. So Raphael's playing dead. Nauru's, like, spying on him in this camp. The Predator's, like, stalking this camp, looking for victims. What does the Predator like to do? Like, like sorry, do we get a sense of that? Well, I, I think because it's killed a bear, it's killed a snake, it's just looking for good things to hunt. You know, like a snake's pretty scary. And then, oh, and it also, it, it hunts a wolf at, at one point as well. It's not in here. So it, it slowly, <laughs> makes, it, it's like, it's almost like they talk about like sociopaths. There's like an escalation of behavior. So oh, first, you pull the wings off flies. The first they're killing flies, then it's small animals, and then they make their way to humans. It's kind of doing that, right? Like it's working its way through the food chain and eventually it gets to humans where it's like, ah. To become the apex. There, that, see, see? See, they weren't so dumb when they named it Predator. <laughs> After it <all>. does predate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when the Predator arrives, Raphael plays dead and Nauru realizes that the creature cannot see him. But then Raphael is killed after the Predator steps on his wounded leg, causing him to scream. One of the things, like, this Wikipedia doesn't go into any of the weapons or things the Predator uses in this, but it has this one sort of, do you remember slap bands? Yes. Remember slap bands? It kind of has a version of a slap band that's like a straight blade but then it goes around people's legs and just completely chops off their limb right to the bone. And there's lots of shots of just seeing essentially like a cauterized, fleshy leg segment and you can see the two bone bits sticking out. But is that like, is human-shaped people the people 
like the only prey predator I could have found. But the predator is also human shaped. It's the lack of imagination fair. people have Very when fair. it comes to aliens. They're like, look, if we change the head, the head can be anything. It can be an octopus. <laughs> Can be a weird thing. The rest has to be the same. (laughs) (laughs) And they all have to have like genitals, so they all have to wear underpants. So oh, that's right, because they because you everyone wants to sleep with an alien or whatever, like whatever that line is. Yeah. So anyway, I married. Actually, I don't know what that line is. I don't know what. Isn't like a They Might Be Giant song? Like I would, (laughs) like I would kiss the girl from Venus for science, and it's this big (laughs) commitment that they're making. Like, don't worry, I would kiss the girl from Venus. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, so he's got one of those cauterized legs. So the predator steps on the leg. Obviously, that's going to hurt a lot. And then the predator kills him. So Tabe arrives on horseback to rescue Nauru. They weaken the creature, but it kills Tabe after stabbing him through the back. Also, it's not described in this, but Nauru's not only a cool hunter, but she invents this axe that she ties to oh, a bit of rope. So yeah, she can like back. throw the axe and then bring it back and... It's not utilized as well as it could in this film. Maybe there's a sequel, they'll do it, but it is pretty sick that she does that. Anyway, what do you she... call the sequel to Prey? <laughs> Who done like it's like Prey, Prey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, can we now do Predate? Is that okay? Is that okay if we do that? <laughs> you got your one on the left. <laughs> I think the only thing you can do is go back to the original convention of Predator 3. Like, once you've fucking painted yourself in a semantic corner like that, you have to go back. Like, why can't you have... Yeah, like, you're so right. The numbers are good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just call things numbers? Anyway. Anyway. So... Is the Collector sequel the third Collector? Oh, yeah. What's it called? What's Was it called The Collection or something? Sick. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's... Because it's the collector and then the collection and then the collected, it's... Collected, is it? The collected. I think that is actually what it's called. Sick. No, it hasn't come out yet. Sick. I don't even know. I think it's just in perpetual pre-production. Um, Chinese democracy. Anyway, so she knocks him out, severs one of his legs, and gives him an unloaded gun before eating the herbs to hide her body heat, baiting the creature to kill him. She uses Adelini's pistol to ambush the predator, knocking off its laser-targeting mask. She steals it and flees it into the woods. So, so this predator does have, like, like I said before, it has the laser-targeting three dots that the other predators have. But instead of shooting like a laser beam, like the later predators does, it shoots these like steel arrows. Because it's a like a primitive. Yeah, it's like it's like imagine a worse, more boring <laughs> version of what you've already seen. It's like sounds great. <laughs> It also has a shield because, like, it's, again, it has this, like, impenetrable shield that stands out. Anyway. Like, so, I mean, Shag, do you care about knights? For example, if I was like, Shag, here's a movie about knights fighting each other. (laughs) Would you be, like, I'm not selling it well, in fairness. No, no, no. I actually, like, uh, I like The Green Knight, and I like that one where Heath Ledger's a knight, but it uses like a... A knight's tail, yeah. It uses We Will Rock You, yeah. That's yeah, it. that's fun. All right, anyway, so now remember... Maybe because so, Paul, Paul Bettany is not marrying women 25 years younger than him at that stage, and it's when he's still an endearing young man. So, uh, so remember, so she has... Uh, she's used this pistol to ambush the predator. She's knocked off its laser-targeting mask. She steals it and flees into the woods. 
Now, this is this is how she finally turns the predator into prey. Nauru lures the predator into a mud-filled bog pit, which she got caught in earlier in the film. Again, it's not in this, but we know that there's it's this pretty good foreshadowing. Like, <laughs> guys, predator film, bit of mud around here. Anyway, who knows if we'll come back. So Nauru lures the predator into a mud-filled bog pit before using the creature's mask to turn its own projectile weapon against it. So basically... She gets to a point where she's like, like Arnie in the first one, is like, come on, shoot me. So it sees her across this bog pit. The predator's like, sick, I'm going to shoot you. And fires its projectiles before it realizes that she's actually got the mask aimed at him. These projectiles are homing, so the projectiles are about to hit her, turn around and go straight into the predator's head, killing it. That's the shittest, shittest, <laughs> dumbest, shittest, fucking most boring, stupid, fucking trash outcome. It like punishes you for watching the film. It's like, oh, this this predator is a fucking incompetent idiot who forgot that they lost their mask and forgot how its own weapons worked. That's so deeply unsatisfying and shit. I cannot believe that a film made by grown-ups had that happen. So, the this, predator, this actually does suck. My intuition was right, Jack. This is predator, shit. I quite liked it, but okay, yeah. Look, now, I mean, you, the way you're explaining it, I'm a bit like, well, oh. actually, even when I saw it, I was a bit like, what? <laughs> okay. I'm like, And I was a bit like, not in the way where I was like, no, I was a bit like, you know, when you just go along with something and yes, you're just I agreeing. Do. Yeah. I was sort of and like, you feel oh, bad. Okay. It's like, Shag, you're dumb. Don't worry. You're an idiot. <laughs> this is a good movie. You're dumb for worrying about it. It's like, oh. <laughs> anyway, the predator dies of its wound and Nauru severs its head and paints her face with its glowing green blood. She brings the head and the flintlock pistol back to her tribe. The tribe honors her victory as Nauru becomes the new war chief. A cave painting in the end credits depicts three Predator spaceships arriving in Comanche territory. So maybe there will actually be a Prey 2. The only way there can be a Prey 2 is if it follows the timeline of Prey. Yeah, and hopefully for the Comanche tribe, it's inhabited by the dumbest idiots ever from the Predator planet. Well, they're going to have to get, like, extra tough ties to tie their masks on. So... They've evolved. They've evolved to get better secure masks. <laughs> Things were going so well. But maybe, but maybe also instead of wearing a mask, wear like a helmet. So it's not like so entirely vulnerable that it's just going to be knocked off your face immediately. Oh, I just can't believe how unsatisfying it is. <laughs> In our film. Fuck, Shag, I'm going to have to get another plot generator to do a horror-adjacent action film. The Curse of the Enchanted Battle Targeting System. (laughs) Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?